Hey, welcome to Bye Bitches, because it's not really bye, it's hi bitches, and this is my favorite bitch right here. <laughs> my daughter, CJ's You just with call me. me a bitch, mom? I, well, How you know, dare you? Well, you know, Liz, I thought Lizzo uses it a lot. I'm, You know, one of the things about a word like that is we reclaim it, and it's an endearing term. It's just so. an endearing term for everyone listening. Yes, we're using <laughs> it endearingly. How's the weather there? It's so nice. I went on a walk to the lake today in the sun. There is sun in Chicago. Well, not at this moment, but this morning there was. So So when do I see you in person? Uh, A long time. Okay. (laughs) Well, I'm glad we're doing this. I'm glad we're doing this. So uh, thank you all for joining um, on our new nostalgic podcast where we're watching wonderful TV and film and talking to people we love. Basically, I'm just trying to get all my friends on that I've worked with uh, <laughs> to talk to them. Well, we're rewatching episodes of a very popular 2009 drama. CG, would you like to tell everybody what we are discussing today? I would love to because it is only my absolute favorite TV show of all time and it is my first time rewatching it. It is The Vampire Diaries and today's <sighs> guest is the incredible Vicky Kayla Ewell. Let's get into it. Woo, we're here. Okay. I know. No, seriously, like, woohoo, we are here. Hi. Welcome to Bye Bitches. <laughs> Listen, the beautiful Kayla Yule joins us today to start off our mini Vampire Diaries rewatch as Vicki Donovan, the first human to become a vampire on screen in episode six of season one in the now modern classic teen drama. Kayla made her her character iconic so welcome Kayla it's so nice to see you guys it's so nice to see you too I mean we are family right so it just feels like this is a little family (laughs) pretty much right (laughs) Uh, so CG you said you were 23 that's how old I was when I was doing these episodes we're talking about so it feels very cyclical so (laughs) crazy and I it makes me love it even more because it's just like I don't know. It, I love that you were my age when you're doing that because I love all of your episodes so much. And yeah, that's crazy. So the progression of this whole thing was if we were going to continue to do a nostalgic podcast and of course, CG's favorite show is the vampire diaries. And then I thought, you know, we had Tate Donovan last mm-hmm. time and he was on the OC because I just wanted to talk to people that I knew that went beyond the OC yeah. and you'd been on the welcome to the OC mm-hmm. bitches. And it just me- made sense that you would come on for our first part of our vampire diary rewatch, because first of all, I hadn't seen it. I mean, I think I remember that they'd sent me a couple episodes on a DVD, but I never sat down and watched it from the very beginning. So I sat down and binged on Sunday and I was like, okay, I get the gist. We're plugging along here, the first five episodes and then boom, season uh, episode six. And I was like, this is the episode we're doing. Love it. Before we get into the episode, Kayla, we like to do a quick little Vampire Diaries catch up. We call it the 411 just to get some info first. So First thing, take us back to the audition process for Vampire Diaries. Oh, what was that like? Yeah, so the audition process for any show is 
you know, Mindy, and probably a lot of people listening because um, they've heard other actors say this, but it is so extensive and there are so many, there's so much energy and so many days of your life are put into this process for this one role. And I really genuinely loved this show in particular. Um, Twilight was such a huge movie coming out. It, it, I think the first one had come out, but the second one was, wasn't out yet. And so we knew that this was basically Twilight, the television show. And so we knew it was going to be a huge hit. So everyone was so excited for it. And, um, you know, with excitement comes a lot of nerves and all that good stuff. So, um, a lot of people ask who I originally auditioned for, and it was only always Vicky. It was just always Vicky. That was the role. Apparently, I'm extremely trashy in real life. And they're like, yes, the druggy, trashy character, that is Kayla. I hope not. But Vicky uh, is misunderstood. Absolutely. She's not druggy and trashy. No, I, I've always <laughs> said that, too. I, I love the character so much. And I think as an actor, it's really fun to play something the opposite of you. And that is fully the opposite of who I am. Um, and so, I, yeah, I mean, I think it was, I went back four different times and i remember at the the final screen test it was they had the the two actors there for caroline the two actors there for vicky and the two actors there for what's michael trevino's character's name tyler tyler, tyler. and yeah. we were all just sitting in a room for hours with each other and the only thing i had brought was this giant pack of uh sour patch kids because i knew okay if i need energy i'm gonna I mean, you know, you're 23. You write CG, you just kind of eat weird stuff. Anyways, uh, I don't eat like that oh, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but at that point, that's what I would. Um, so I brought a giant pack of Sour Patch Kids. And thank God I did because no one brought food with them at all. And so for like the next few hours, we all just ate this Sour Patch Kids together while they're, you know, calling certain people in. And and I remember towards the end, they asked a few people to leave and a few people to stay. And was actually quite difficult for me at the time because I was testing against a friend of mine for the role of Vicky. And we were both in the oh, same no. acting class and I still to this day really love her. Um, and so that was, that was really hard. Um, and I knew it would, it was going to be hard for either of us. Either way it went. It did end up going my way. Obviously that's why we're all here, but I remember they paired Trevino and I up together for the screen test and. We were able to read together with each other. They kind of wanted to see how everyone played together. And then they they kept Candace after as well. And so we didn't know we had gotten the role, but we figured because they let everyone else go that maybe it happened, but it was almost too good to be true. And I just remember thinking like, don't tell yourself that this is going to happen. Just wait to see. And uh, long story short, I remember I was with my, my grandpa was visiting from Salt Lake City, Utah, and I was taking him around the Grove at the time to like show him, you know, we had gotten ice cream and we were riding the trolley. Um, and for those who don't live in LA, the Grove is like this really cute little shopping center that um, almost looks, feels like Disneyland. There's music playing. It's really um, quite lovely. And so I was with my grandpa who was 83 at the time. And um, I got the call oh. from my manager that I booked the role. And I just remember bursting into tears and he was so concerned thinking like someone died. And I was like, no, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Um, and so I kind of have always thought he was my good luck charm for the longest time. And he's no longer with us, but I'll always remember that memory with him. That's a really sweet story. Finding out good news when you're with someone you care about. I love yeah. that. 
No, but let me, let me ask you real quick. Were you doing the traditional test in front of Peter Roth and everybody, or, or were you doing actual screen oh, yeah. tests in front of a uh, camera? No, we did the, the, no. the in-person test. So we did the studio test first yes, at Warner Brothers. Like 36 people. Yes. And it's right. terrifying. It's absolutely yeah. terrifying. And I remember oh. beforehand they uh, did work sessions with all of us, which, you know, is always hard too, because Kevin Williamson's there, Julie Pleck, the creators of the show, the writers, everyone, you're saying their words in front of them mm-hmm. and you just want to do really well. And I remember Zach. Zach Rorig, who obviously plays Matt, and um, he was doing push-ups in the hallway. And I just remember rolling my eyes and being like, <laughs> that guy is the worst. And cut to now, like, I couldn't love him more. But I just remember thinking like, oh, God, this like typical actor dude, just like doing push-ups in the hallway. What yeah. are you showing off your muscles? You know, kind of thing. Um, but everyone deals with nerves differently, right? And so that was just his way of doing that. But um, yes, yeah, so we started with the initial test studio test at warner brothers and there were i remember three girls for the role of vicky and then they narrowed it down to two for the uh studio or uh network test the next day and it's just really nerve-wracking altogether just being at so young and it's considered one of the most adrenaline producing situations that a human being can go through so you you somehow somehow go on to go in there without shaking I mean, and you can't <laughs> and luckily i think they understand what they're putting you through you know nowadays actors can't do just do the screen test on camera which is so much more realistic to what we do every day but the in-person mm-hmm. in a round table theater with all these execs staring at you and it's dead silent and you walk in and you just it's it's so terrifying and um i think you i don't know i don't know what you do Mindy but I just black out like I just do the scene and black out and then like hope maybe it was good you know and then like leave as soon as you can because it's terrifying yeah I've actually used beta blockers mm, yes because those have those <laughs> actually can help you clear that you're high just um, um musicians use mm-hmm. them at Juilliard and they've done studies on them where it actually doesn't take away any anxiety or anything it just keeps your heart rate from going so high that you start shaking that's really smart I have yet to use those and I I've heard so many people use them and maybe maybe I need to start. <laughs> Thank you for that advice. No, I had a doctor who said that he had a violinist as a, as a patient and a lot of musicians, because they, it's so precise what they mm-hmm. do, um, have to use them to keep their, their nerves down because you, you really can't mess up when you're in a symphony. No, you right. know? So that's, so you Google it and look at, look okay. it up and, um, you can present it to your doctor and see, because it's not something, yeah, it's actually can be quite No, helpful. it's terrifying. But then, you know, I, I had read that, um, that, that Kevin um, Williamson was resistant to this because um, Twilight had just come out, but it's such a different, you know, world. You know, vampires, is, vampire lore, and romanticism of that has been such a tradition for like my in my generation. CG it was the in- interview with the Vampire Diaries. No interview sorry, with the vampire. Interview with the interview with the vampire. Yes, yes, Brad Pitt, right? <laughs> well, the, in the books themselves that were in the seventies, seventies and eighties and such. So you've been telling me to read that for forever. I think it's yeah. sitting on my shelf right now. I just haven't read it. <laughs> um, okay. But full disclosure. Um, so at that point in my life, I had just been through a really bad breakup, and it w- was with one of the actors who was in all the Twilight movies. Um, and he, he's married. I'm married. Now. Now, oh, we're no. still friends. It's all good. But his name is Kellen Lutz. And he was one of the leads in the <laughs> vampire or sorry, in Twilight. And um, so he was do- off doing Twilight. And I had booked Vampire Diaries. And then 
realized that we were at the same hotel in Vancouver while he was doing the movie and I was doing the TV show and I was trying to get over this breakup <laughs> and then felt like I just couldn't get over it. Right. Because obviously now he's in the same hotel and then they were all there and everyone was hanging out together. And so we just kept having to see each other and we were like, well, Hey, you know what? This is fine. This is all good. Um, but I remember it being something that was really quite difficult at the time of like, wow, I'm trying to just like focus on my work and not let any guys get in the way and do be the best version of me I can be. And, and it just felt like when I found out we were staying at the same hotel, I was like, Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? But don't worry guys. It worked out. It all worked out. It was good. Everyone's usually at the Sutton place, right? In Vancouver. is where we were. Well, I noticed because, okay, first of all, as I'm watching, there's things that you pay attention to. And I thought, okay, it's a pilot season. They're, they either shot this in February and March. You can see their breath. Where did it shoot? And you just mentioned that it was Vancouver. So, and everything's dark, which means that you're shooting tons of nights for this show for the entire series. Mm-hmm. It seems like mostly mm-hmm. nights. How did you do with that? Because I think nights can be really no, that's challenging. Such a good, that's such a good question. And they are, um, to take it back just a little bit further, the, we shot in, in, um, April and March in Vancouver. They could not find okay. Ian's character. They, they could not find the Damon role. They could not find the actor for it. And so we were all there ready to go and no Damon. So we're just, we were kind of just chilling there, rehearsing, like we ended up staying a few weeks longer than it had planned because they could not find Damon. And I just rewatched a few episodes before meeting you guys on this and realized what, how this show would have been so different had it been a different actor. And so Nina has talked so many times about how they had 10, had her read with 10 different people, 10 different actors tested for that role. So they really couldn't find this person. And thank God they chose Ian Summerholder because he is just so brilliant in this role. And it still stands up to this day. I mean, both characters, and I know there's always this, you know, are you an, are you a Damon or are you a Stefan fan? But, I do think that they gave Damon, especially in the beginning, all the um, one-liners, all the zingers, all the good stuff until Mm -hmm. there's a time when like Ripper Stefan comes out and then he gets all those like one-liners. But in the beginning, Damon is definitely the one that keeps it all going. Um, So, yes, sorry. To answer your question. I just kind of like flush every time you say Ian. I'm like, oh, really? He was so good. Right. <laughs> show, sweetheart, if, if it wasn't Ian, your life would be so different. This is oh why you I, I don't know what my life would be like if Ian Summerholder didn't play Damon because like, I would I, who would my celebrity crush be? It Right. I don't know. It would probably right. be Ian just on a different show be- because he would have gotten something I mean, else. The only other show I've seen him in is like little baby on lost. I I- like when he's like super, super young. I mean, he's cute in that too, but you know, um, can I ask you guys a question? Because I, I love, and I'm a mom and I have a daughter and um, I, you guys, how, what is it like Mindy to have a daughter and watch the show with her to be on a show and be able to share it with her and CG. What's it like to love a show that your mom is on? That's so cool. I can start off like first with the OC. I don't know which one I watched first, um, but I didn't watch either one until I was about 17 or 18 years old. Like didn't even go near it because I was like, I would rather purposefully 
weeks. I said I would rather die than seeing my mom make out with young men. And <laughs> and she does it on both shows plenty of times. But I think like once I turn 17, 18, and I mean, you're not an adult then, but I mean, like at that point, I was like, okay, it's fine. And it's weird. It's really weird. Do you feel like you're watching your mom like, though? Or do you feel like you're watching a character? Because she is so different in the I, OC, even just from the exactly. OC. She's a vampire diary. She's a different character. No, that's what I was going to say. Like both on the OC and in Vampire Diaries, she plays such like a vile person <laughs> with like no care for their child. And it's very different from what my mom is like, mom, I'm going to blow your head up. But like, my mom is a very like caring mother. And so watching the OC, I was like, Oh, like, I don't, I hope my mom would never make out with my ex boyfriend. <laughs> like, Oh my God. And I had a boyfriend at the time. I'm like, Oh my God, mom, please don't go to a hotel with Joey. And like, <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah just because she played such like a polar opposite it made it much easier yeah. to watch mm-hmm. it for sure mm-hmm. but it's weird it's beyond weird people tend to think that the characters are similar but i think kelly donovan was way more just you know she's just oh a lot worse mm-hmm. but they're both bad mothers yeah. Well, yes, they're questionable, but Julie definitely has some redemption. There's a desperation to Kelly. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and she was she was going to become a, a succubus. And, you know, there was I think they had some other plans for her, but things got. Changed well, yeah. You booked bit. Nikita yeah, she was and truly you left like the vampire diaries. <laughs> right. The network was basically CW was like, oh, she's so good. We're going to put her on our new show. <laughs> That's what happened, which is amazing. Oh. Right, but Kelly Kelly doesn't need to come back. We yeah, know she's it's gone. okay. The, the Donovans yeah, are, yeah. you know, a, a misunderstood family for sure. I mean, I've just yeah, watched yeah. it, and when we're eating dinner, we're eating hot dogs and cooked canned corn. I'm like, oh. <laughs> it was like hot dogs with three little tater tots. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Oh my gosh! I mean, a good tater tot is hard to beat. Come I mean, on. yeah, no, that's true. Hot dogs right. No, pie. believe me. When I when I had my my daughter in the hospital, they're like, "What do you want to eat?" And I was like, "A Costco hot dog." Legitimately, my husband oh my, my husband brought me the nicest, the finest champagne, the nicest champagne, and a Costco hot dog. And I was like, "Yep, that's my style." <laughs> and it was the best. That sounds so ideal. I don't knock I hot that. dogs. I just mean like as far as you know what we could you know. I I feel like Kelly Donovan may have been eating differently than Julie Co- Cohen. Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Sorry. for sure. Um, which, by the way, a little side note, Melinda, I will let you guys continue, but mm-hmm. I just have to tell you, we were talking about the OC. I just started an acting class and guess who's in my class? Who? Alan Dale. What? Yes. So oh my gosh. Alan Dale, he Wait. was your husband, right? On He played Caleb. Yeah. Wasn't, yes. that your, wasn't he your husband on... Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. On the OC. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He played. He plays. He played Caleb Nickel, Kirsten's father. Where are you taking the class in LA? I at Leslie Kahn, who I love. Um, we're she has a master class, and because yeah. there's a writer strike right now, I looked at my husband and said, "I have to act. I have to do something." So I got straight back into class. Mm-hmm. Um, my first class was last week, um, and this is the first time I've been back to class since I've had two kids and a pandemic. So I yeah. was very um, excited to be back into class and. That's, you know, I had the same thing. I was like, you know, why don't some of us actors just get together and, and read scripts on Zoom? Mm-hmm. 
We like we need to do this. I've just been memorizing monologues from movies for for you know for fun. It's interesting. <laughs> and doing I'm sure like a lot of people because, yeah. listening to this are listening because they're interested in entertainment or want to be an actor or in some mm -hmm. form of entertainment. But um, the thing about an actor is, you know, a painter can just paint. And um, uh, it feels like with an actor, it's not complete unless you have someone else with you. Um, and whether you need an, an audience, audience or yes, something. <laughs> and so um, it, you are reliant on others to do your craft and so it's it is it fills you up to be able to do that so yeah anyways come join us right. if you want i um i highly recommend the class <laughs> and i just thought it was hilarious and i said oh my gosh guess who i'm seeing this week alan i'm gonna say hi to melinda and he's like what he's so cute <laughs> oh my gosh i love I, that you know, I I think the wonderful thing about what we're doing here is like, I would like to re-interview quite a few people that were on Welcome to the OC Bitches to talk other than the OC, because yeah. I mean, that's just one part of their lives and our lives. You know, a lot of people have these amazing resumes full of work. So since we're doing nostalgic things on this podcast and um, we're going to be asking all the listeners and fans for their input on things that they want us to watch. But what is your favorite movie or TV show of mm. all time oh. or one that you're watching now? Uh, a League of Their Own, the original with Tom Hanks, Gene oh. Davis, Madonna's in it. It is my all-time favorite movie. Even when I was a little girl, my stuffed animal growing up was named Kit after oh, one of the title characters and to this day it is still my all-time favorite movie they did just remake it for amazon prime and it is so well done it is a fantastic series the movie will always be my favorite it's like reading a book before watching a film you the, the first time you see the story it will always be your favorite um but i to this i could re-watch that movie a thousand times over i have re-watched that movie as a child it was one of the first times i saw um, women in power holding their own. And, it, you know, I grew up in, I was born in the eighties. And so, uh, even in the nineties, it was, that wasn't something that was told all the time. Nowadays, stories have changed and the way stories are told have changed. But way back then, it, this was so new to me. And I loved every, every minute of that movie. Um, like I said, so much so that I named my stuffed animal after I love it. it. So I, um, yeah, that's hands down still is one of my, my all-time favorites and i'm excited to show it to my daughter and hopefully we can watch it together and start a conversation about it well cg when we watch it we'll ask kayla to come back and talk to us about it <laughs> like, do it do it you guys i think it's, i did mention so good. that that's definitely a movie we should watch i think i have mentioned that to you oh. that movie i love that movie's incredible i love it and in it's fact really when well i was because i was um every actress my age in the it was early 90s right um everyone was trying yes. out for it and everybody wanted to audition oh. and you had to they wanted you to play baseball and i'm like yeah, don't play baseball so but let's let, let's um I, I assume people know about Vampire Diaries, but for those who don't, the synopsis of the series is that after centuries of quarreling, two vampires, Stefan and Damon Salvatore, return to their original town at Mystic Falls, Mystic Falls, Virginia. Stefan, the selfless, brave, guilt-ridden brother, meets a high school girl named Elena Gilbert, whom he instantly falls in love with, while Damon, the gorgeous, dangerous, selfish, and oftentimes funny, is after his brother's girl to pay him back for making him turn into a vampire in 1864. You know, we're talking about episode six mm -hmm. in this, but, in, but you know, in the, in the pilot, obviously that was... Um, you. You understand the gist of that, but in the in the 
first five episodes, we meet that we meet Vicky. She's she's a troubled drug addicted teenager working as a waitress at Myst, at the uh, Mystic Grill. And she has this complicated love triangle with with Tyler and Jeremy, who's supplying her with pills. And you do get attacked once by Damon mm-hmm. and survive. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you're going through all these things. And I was like, and then at the end of episode five, you get attacked once again by Damon and you're left for dead. So my fish, my, my thoughts on it were, it was fascinating. First of all, you asked like what it's like to watch something with your daughter. I'm hooked. Okay. I never thought I was going <laughs> to. <laughs> so we did I, it. <laughs> asked me to watch and you think that I would watch, you know, it's like, okay, I saw the episodes that I was in, but I didn't get, I never had like a sun. I was Sunday. Uh, it was a Sunday by myself. I'm watching for this podcast, but now I realize it's not just this teen show. It really does in long form television. You can do these very long drawn out methodical storytelling and where you're because the OC was so fast with so much storyline. And this, this show gives me just enough. Like, I think they're, I don't know, the exposition is entertaining and then just enough tidbits for each episode. But then in episode six, it explodes because we haven't seen anybody be turned into a vampire. And I get, and I, I think it's such a wonderful tool to keep the audience like going, what are the rules in this mm-hmm, vampire mm-hmm. world? Because we know them in Vampire um, in Twilight. Mm-hmm. We know them in Interview with the Vampire. Like, what are the rules here? And and I think like I think it's fascinating because you can almost see the creators like saying, "Okay, here are the we're, here are the rules. We're going to commit, and we're just going to unravel it." And you guys ended up doing eight seasons. No, and it's so interesting because there was pressure, or I felt pressure, it's pressure I put on myself to be the first human to turn into a vampire. And what they had said was, however, how you do this mm-hmm. is what everyone will follow through with because this is, you know, you're right. We were creating the rules and the outlining what happens to someone when they turn into a vampire. And so, um, you know, they had the studio had hired Lucina Stoneburner, who is a, a local acting teacher in Atlanta, Georgia, to help us with sort of the lore of it all and um, go through all of this with us. So I called her up and said, can I book a session with you? Can we sit and will you help me figure out what what it is exactly that Vicky's going through? And so we we spent a few hours on it and it was really fun for me to dig my teeth into it, pun intended, and um, to uh-huh. just kind of become... Vicky is a vampire. And I mean, I I know a lot of people say this, but I truly felt that it was written really well. I think Kevin and Julie did a really good job writing a lot of whiny personality into Vicky once she becomes a vampire. She's sort of this this badass, too good for you human. And then once she becomes a vampire, she's so reliant on on everyone else. And so there, it was really fun. She's kind of annoying. You know, I'm watching this going, yeah, I see why people don't like Vicky. I get it. She's kind of annoying. But I, she had to be in that moment. And so anyways, it was really right. fun to do. And it was um, obviously I, I loved being able to, I feel like it's a gift as an actor to be given that. So I really loved it. Can I touch on what you just said? Um, the acting, because when I got there and I met your acting teacher, what's uh, her Lucina name again? Stoneburner. I remember that she was there on set all day long for all of you. And I thought it was such a wonderful thing. You know, so many people, um, you know, athletes have coaches, right. um, actors, we have acting teachers, but 
to have somebody on set to help you guys run dialogue before, because they, in television, it's so quick. The last thing they're doing is letting us rehearse. Mm -hmm. So I would take it upon, personally, I would take it upon myself to get together with actors the night before or on weekends because you don't want to be doing it, doing it while you're shooting. But there was something that was really wonderful. And to be quite honest, even more surprising when I watched that Paul Wesley, there's, I think actors tend to, number ones on the call sheets, they tend to set a tone. And Paul was so real and underplayed. And, you know, because these are very extreme situations. And, you know, and it's um, suspension of disbelief and fantasy and, 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 but everyone handled it so well. And I didn't feel like I was watching a traditional teen show. I felt like I was watching this very textured, layered, dark, romantic and dangerous show. And also one of the things that I learned doing the other podcast was that everyone's experience is different mm-hmm. because some people had a really wonderful time and other people um, had thought it was just magical and, and that's fine. But I'm just, I was so blown away by the production value, how it looked, how seamless it was. There were just so many things that, that I found just I felt like I was taken on this ride and I'm mm. still in it. Mm. You yeah, know? I do. I so. definitely know it's, I think, yeah, yeah, it feels, it feels very like winning the lottery a little bit because, you know, as an actor, you, you've yeah. auditioned for a bunch of different shows and you don't have a lot of control over who the show runner is and what, how much money the studio puts into it and all of this. And so it was really uh, kind of this magic for eight years that kept happening um and even still to this day when we all get together again whether it's just dinner at someone's home or it's one of those conventions that we do or or even work together again it's it is sort of this family feel where it's like oh wow we went through this period of time this moment of time together and nothing will ever change that yeah at the convention a few weeks ago seeing you and sarah together (laughs) was like, you guys have a real bond and like a real friendship. And like as a fan, but also like as my mom, like my mom is on the show. So I'm behind the scenes all the time. I love seeing like you see a show and you love a show, but then it turns out that people actually enjoy each other's company in real life. And it's not just all for the screen. Mm -hmm. So as a fan of the show, I love hearing that you guys created such like a tight bond. It's so funny you mentioned Sarah. She was at our house yesterday um, and was playing with the kids and like sitting on the ground and just like just hair up, no makeup on, just like building castles with my daughter. And if you would have told me 15 years ago when I first met this girl in Vancouver that she would be doing that, I would have would not have believed you. And um, I, I think that's what we are all talking about is we, there is this connection that uh, doesn't go away and it's it's really it's really special so um, yeah it's you're right you're right CG and yes we do have this special connection and she stays with us whenever she's in LA she was here doing a short and um, she feels like family you know yeah mm-hmm. I love yeah. that and well when you and also when you when you work together it's not 12 hours a day it could be 15 or 18 hours a day uh, anything that you could do where you're together mm-hmm. and you're collectively getting through something together and it might even feel really chaotic. And so you're, you're almost surviving together, but you're learning together and then there's ups and downs. 
you you create these bonds and if you, and 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 I know when I came on that set you guys had a serious bond yeah. very very It's weirdly much. intimate. <laughs> yeah, no. well, I just want to make sure that we get to the fact that you know when we open and Damon is feeding on on Vicky's friends and he's about to die like and he's so frustrated now because he doesn't have his ring but he decides to he's like okay Vicky he's like you just won't die. And he, well, we don't know what's, what he's going to do. And it turns out he takes you, takes you back and he decides, he says, I'm going to regret this just because he's bored and he wants to party with, <laughs> with Vicky and gives her blood. Like, we're still like, what's this, what's going to happen? He yeah. gives her blood and she's a vampire. And he's like, no, we're just going to party because I'm it, bored. Yeah, it heals you. And then you're like, oh, what'd you give me? And he's like, I gave you blood and you loved it. And then there is this, sensual blood sucking that you and Damon do together where you're like sucking each other's blood. I literally wrote down sensual blood sucking. (laughs) Well, I think we're here for the scene of the dancing vampire and Vicky in her underwear. Like CG was like, mom, that scene. And I'm like, okay, just say that. Okay. We're, We're talking about you being 23 when you're filming that. I'm 23 now. I would do anything to be able to film a scene like that with Ian Summerholder. You know, there like, you I go. was him dancing. Like, I definitely didn't know it would be this iconic. Obviously, that's what Ian mentions it all the it's time whenever so he talks iconic. about it. I didn't realize it would have, you know, hold hold up so much. I remember being nervous and also being nervous about dancing and very, being very insecure about like, are my dance moves cool enough? Because it's not like they have a dance person there, an instructor telling me what to do. They just put music on and we're like, okay, guys, dance. And I was like, oh, God. And you had multiple scenes yes. acro- across around the, the house. Whole thing. Right. And like it- yeah, I think, yes, I was very nervous. And I also remember feeling uh, very exposed in my underwear, even though, you know, it's a wife beater and it's boy shorts, but they're a little see-through. And there were other more see-through options uh, that I definitely fought to be a little bit more covered like I am. And I'm glad I did. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I think I had so much fun. And I just remember thinking, I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this right now. Right. <laughs> um, I was a huge fan of Ian's from Lost. And I remember seeing him on Lost and being excited to have scenes with him just in general. And uh, then when I got this script in particular, I was like, oh, wow, this is this is really cool. Lucky me. And then, um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 still to this day. I'm watching it going, wow, that's a what a cool opportunity to be high on blood dancing around with the guy from Lost. And um, it, I'm happy he had fun doing it, too, because it really was just one of those days where we just it was kind of like magic happened we ended up like just connecting and i don't even think they told us to do the sucking at the same time we kind of just ended up doing that it was very much we were in sync with each other and in tune and it really worked you like you look like you're having a blast doing it like it just seems like a very fun scene to film and like you know you don't know this guy you're filming scenes with him and like you both just looked like you're having so much and, fun that's what I was gonna ask you if you were having oh, of fun. course oh my gosh how do you not have fun doing that um and Mindy you're a mom so, <laughs> so you know my mom after she watched this episode she called me and asked me if I was doing drugs 
because I guess it was so believable. And I and I just I burst out laughing. And <laughs> how I was can like, you do that? A, in my head, I'm thinking if I am, I'm probably not going to tell you. But B, no, I'm definitely not. And I'm very honored and flattered that you've believed it so much that you're concerned right now. <laughs> I had it, you know, CG, there's there's a few things that I don't know if uh, I don't want to watch for this podcast, but there's a few things I did at, at that age, at 23, that were so uncomfortable, but that the director, the producer, they got us alcohol to drink before, before, before a nude scene. And I was like, and some, every once in a while that, that was back in the early nineties though. Yeah. So, so, so then as they're dancing for the first time, we see the most vulnerability out of Vicky where she's sobbing, talking about this dad she doesn't know and this mom and, and he's, and it's just like, you know, classic, almost, you know, she's, she's too drunk or this and that, but the combo of the mm -hmm. blood and the alcohol mm -hmm. and this, and he's like, boy, you are just matter of fact, you're pathetic. You have no self-esteem and, and you're just so agreeing with, with him. Yeah. You're like, yeah. yeah, he's like, you're pathetic. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea all of a sudden. Yeah. And I thought I totally jumped. I was like, wait, this is where this happens. And, and, and I guess as he's testing the light or something, she took, turns over and she's like, what's going on? He's like, now you're dead. So now I get that there's this other layer of drink the blood party. And he says, I'm going to regret this, mm -hmm. I guess. But now he says, now you have to go, you have to finish this and go feed. But she, or you die. Right. 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 Okay. So, I And just then there's a hunger yeah. there that she, uh, that Vicky doesn't understand. Right. So she's trying to figure out uh, nothing will feed her. At first, she's like, I don't She's like vigorously making out with um, uh, Jeremy. And then and then she doesn't understand what it is. But there's this need. And then she storms into Elena and Jeremy's house and cle clears the fridge out. And is like shoving the pizza in her mouth. She doesn't understand what's going on. And she's trying to figure it out. And poor Vicky, everyone thinks she's She's coming down off of a high, even freaking Matt, who's the, you know. Well, of course. Like, how, what else, else are you going to assume? It, You're not right? going to assume she's a, turning into a right. vampire, obviously. But poor thing. She, she has no one there to help right. her. And he tells you, like, as you're walking out of the house, he says, like, by the way, like, you're a vampire. You don't want to go outside and you think you're just hungover. You're like, yeah, whatever, yeah. dude. Because I like Vicky didn't even believe it herself. Like, of course, she's not going to believe she's turning into this mytho mythological creature. Right, right. Has the word vampires never even been said to her, at least from what I can tell? No, like, I don't think so. He's just, she's, because, and I think, I think for Vicky, the transformation is unique to her. The transformation is going to be unique to each individual, depending on their personality we're learning. And, and when Stefan and Elena show up and he's like, oh, shoot, <laughs> he's like, she needs to go to bed. But then, of course, she takes off and and he's like, I'm going to I'm going to track her. He he talks to Elena and he's like, she's if she doesn't feed, she's going to die. And uh, and Elena's like, wait a second. She's a vampire with issues, which is a great line because she had issues and now she's a vampire right, with right. issues when she ends up taking off. And she finally starts remembering things and Stefan's like there to console her. I was like, is he? And she asks, is it better? Yeah, yeah. I guess he nods in the negative. I guess it's a choice up to you. But I got the feeling that he was kind of guiding you towards yeah. dying. Yeah, I think so. And my interpretation was yes. I think he was saying it's better to be dead than to live eternally like this. Yeah, I, th I thought so. Uh, Which is really Because dark. after you do feed, he comes back to the Gilbert house and like tells Elena 
And he's like, I'm so sorry. Like she, she did it. I'm so sorry. Well, and poor Elena, she's just found out her crush is a vampire. And now it's like, there's just so much going on in this one episode. <laughs> Plus, so when in the beginning of the episode, when she's like, what are you? And he's like, you know, and she's like, no. And he has this very long pause and he says, I'm a vampire. And then I got to say that I just I have to make a note of the flashbacks, the 1864 flashbacks. I am such I I don't I'm such I love flashbacks. And I had heard that you guys did this and I didn't realize you did it so soon. And there's just something about it that's so this is one of the reasons we love television and film. It is fantasy and we get pulled right in. And I love this story all this time. We didn't realize I didn't know that that Catherine was a vampire. I'd heard about her, but, but, um, I just love the flashbacks and there's even more to come in the future. Oh, right? Yes. There's a ton. And oh yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a ton more. Yeah. They don't stop. A lot of the story <laughs> is told in the flashbacks and it's really fascinating. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's why I believe it's one Oh six lost girls that it's the very first time you see the flashbacks. And so that's why this yes. episode episode is so prolific because it really has started a whole new storyline. And when Catherine's introduced and I remember Nina and I lived together at this time in Atlanta and I remember her coming home and we were reading the script and Catherine and Vicky are the two lost girls. Right. And so we were reading it and um, I'm turning into a vampire and she has to create an entire new character, Catherine. And we have a few days to figure all this out. Right. And so she called Lucina Stoneburner. I called Lucina Stoneburner. We both worked with her separately. And I remember both of us being like, wow, okay. So we got to figure this out because we want to make this episode great. And then there's one scene that um, Vicky and Elena have together. And we were so excited when we read it. We're like, we have a scene together just because we'd never worked together before, but obviously lived with each other and we're really close. And so it, um, was so much fun to be able to finally work together. And I think it's really only just two pages that we have together the whole series. But it was yeah. such an impactful it scene was so fun. because she she says, she's like, oh, Vicky, are you all right? She's like, am I all right? Yeah. Uh, hello. Yeah. And but then she 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 she's not acting like a vampire. She's like, you're you know, she's she's not getting that Elena's saying you you could kill my brother. Mm-hmm. You could kill my brother. Mm-hmm. She's she thinks you're you think I'm too, he's too good for me. Right. And she does everything that she's ever felt for this girl and slams her up with, by her neck and says, I think of you as the guy, as the girl who dumped my brother. That's all I'll mm-hmm. ever think. And it's such a powerful moment because now we actually see her as this very dangerous vampire. Right. And you know, the Donovans are very loyal. They don't have a lot, but they're, they are loyal to each other. Yeah. Well, this is all in episode seven. The scene you just talked about is in the next episode. So we finish episode six with Vicky having like just completed the transformation. So it's like this massive gut wrenching, crazy, emotional episode. And then it's like, it ends and you have no idea what happened to Vicky. Like I was sitting in my living room and I was like, I have to watch like when this was coming out weekly on television, I could not imagine having Vicky go through that in crazy, incredible arc turns into the vampire. And then no, you have to wait. You have to week. wait a whole week. Right. Thank God for streaming. Right. Well, but, but now think about, <laughs> think about those, but that was a time when it was once mm-hmm. a week and it, that's an inch. 
in long form television, when it's once a week, you get people, you're going to high school and the kids are talking about it for a whole week before it gets mm-hmm. there and it fills this audience. But one of the last image, because as Stefan is trying to talk to her and help, and by the way, your acting's beautiful and oh, you're so really emotional kind. and Thank you just you. feel it because she's like, I remember everything now. I, I'm getting mm-hmm. it and the, I understand all this. And then Luke, Lucas, I guess, kills or shoots him with a wood bullet, wooden bullet. And Stefan, of course, comes to the rescue and we hear, see this really quick shot of Vicky. And then as, as they come to, you see Stefan go, Vicky, no. And you come up and you've got this whole thing <laughs> full of the most blood that we've seen. And you, she goes, sorry. <laughs> We're like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> so it's to point to what you just said, CG, that, that little, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. So yeah. there's that theme and humor mm-hmm. in there. Touching on your your acting in all of episode six, like I just noticed you just portrayed the most wide array of emotions in one scene that I I was completely it was completely believable as I guess when you're turning into a vampire, it is like a come down or something. Like it's like you mean, withdraw, uh, like withdraw. Uh, yes. Like it's, it's crazy. And I think you just did such an excellent job, especially being the first one to turn into a vampire. Like you showed that it's not fun. <laughs> like it's not, you know, there's people who want to be vampires and Stefan's like, no, maybe you don't. And yeah, mm-hmm. I just thought you did a really good job because you, the amount of emotions that Vicky went through was Insane. Thanks. Yeah, I think for the first time we're like, do we want to be vampires? It doesn't really look that fun. But right. you know, <laughs> yeah. you also get to hang out with Damon and Stefan. Right, right. I would be a vampire <laughs> to hang out with Damon and Stefan, like gorgeous brothers. I'd be like, yeah, okay, I'll be a vampire. That's fine. I I like in comparison to Twilight. I you know because I think a lot of people. uh I think I heard. Yeah, I think a lot of people probably assumed it was similar, and I guess it could be similar. But I like that it's different, mm-hmm. and it's more based in a little bit more humanity. It's not so ethereal. Right. It's not so different. And the fact that you know they came up with ways that they can be in the daylight, mm-hmm. and they're still drinking, and they they drink coffee. They have a reason for drinking mm-hmm. caffeine and alcohol, and and. It, I, I don't know. You said you had to go pee at right. one point. So I'm I like, think that's my favorite go? line Vicky has. She says, uh, where's your bathroom? I have to pee. And then she's like, wait, why do I have to pee? I thought I was dead. I I was it's dead. so good. I remember reading it going, yes, it's so good. So, we, we've occupied your time for so long. And thank you so much for coming on. And we're going to see you in December. I guess I'm I know. Gonna- I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm so excited. It'll be so fun. I can't wait to see Grey's in December. And I'm excited to listen to your podcast. I love yeah. podcasts. I'm definitely going to subscribe. And oh, um, I love you both truly so much. Thank you so much. So thank much. You I, for um, coming. Can't wait to see where this goes. And um, yeah, it's going to be lots of fun. So congrats on the, the new podcast. Thank and I'm so really much. excited for you guys. And I can't wait to see you in December. You're the sweetest. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. Truly. Thank you. We're going to pause right here. We're so grateful for Kayla for coming on our podcast. Yes, Kayla, thank you so much. Um, I'm just an absolute fan of the show. So being able to get the chance to speak to Kayla was absolutely amazing. I had a blast. She gave us some really great tidbits. You know, I think this is what's fun to do these podcasts where we just 
it's not just about the storylines, but how it affects people's lives. And yes, like I said, I'm hooked. I'm I'm on episode like 11 or 12, and um, I'll be getting into my episode soon. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> okay, so listeners, the Vampire Diaries chat with Kayla does not end here. Head over to our Patreon to get more bonus content with Kayla. Yes, head over to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash bitches, where we will be discussing season one, episode seven of the Vampire Diaries, um, which is where we finally get to see what Vicky is dealing with as a vampire. And we sadly say goodbye to Vicky, but it is a great episode. So if you want to hear about it, head over to Patreon. She didn't have it very easy. And in fact, she tells us something that I had no idea about the death scene. So uh, well, yeah, you, you got to head over to Patreon to hear what she has to say. Okay. I won't reveal it right now. Yeah. So also Kayla answers your fan questions as well. We would also love to hear what you, the listeners think we should be rewatching too. You can message us on our Patreon or discord or on Instagram and TikTok channels. Uh, I am at the Melinda Clark and CG is at CG Mir. That's CG M I R. And we will be taking suggestions and can't wait to continue this rewatch journey. I am so excited for the next three episodes to be rewatching Vampire Diaries. Thank you so much for listening. Please follow, rate, and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts and click that link below to head over to our Patreon. You will not regret it.